Embrace correction and become a path to life. Refuse correction and become a way to wander from that path. As I mentioned when, at the beginning of our time together, we have had some weeks of rest and adventure that started on the beaches of North Carolina and the Outer Banks. And as some of you know, uh, right before we left, the morning we left, it was the Sunday, the last Sunday we were here. We we're going to leave right after church. But on the way to church, we noticed this huge paperclip in the side of our car, tire. And so Cole and I go over and we look and we try to pull it out a bit and we hear, let's <laughs> put it back in. <laughs> and we drove to church and uh, we told some of you and some of you were very clear on we should not drive with this <laughs> paperclip in our car. You need to fix this. And uh, that counsel was very true. It's actually, we found it very dangerous to drive with something um, in the side of your tire. Uh, so we eventually fixed the tire, had it replaced. Uh, but that was hard to hear on the moment we're about to head off in vacation. That's something we wanted to know, to hear about. Then on the way back from the beach, uh, we were driving back, Anne and I were in our car, and the boys were in a pickup we had borrowed from Anna's family to put a bunch of the, the beach gear in. And I get a call from the boys, and they're like, the truck is shaking. <laughs> it's, we don't know what's going on. So they pull off, and we meet them where they're at. And we don't know what to do. I'm not a mechanic. So we call on FaceTime Anna's uncle, who's a farmer who knows trucks. And so I'm taking him with the FaceTime, and I'm going under the truck, and it's all dirty, and I get in this gum on my leg from somebody. I was like, oh, it's terrible. I'm going around the truck, and we determine, I did, well, I don't determine, Anna's uncle determines, the bearings in the wheel are shot. We should not drive, he tells us. Do not drive. Leave it there. Get it towed eventually. Not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> so we, of course, we had to pack up our stuff from there, the boys in our car, and go on. It's, of course, hard to hear things, instructions that require something inconvenient from you, something difficult. But harder than that is hearing a correction that relates to you, that requires you to change something about yourself and your situation. So before I met Anna, I was dating someone who I decided to introduce to a friend of mine to see what his thoughts were. And so we met a few times, and he... Later, he pulls me aside and he says, Dave, you're not going to want to hear this. And I didn't want to hear this. <laughs> he says, when you're with this woman, you are not yourself. I know you, and you are not yourself. I don't think this is a good idea. I didn't like that. <laughs> and I didn't listen to that for a while. But eventually, I had to admit it. He was right. And so I eventually broke up with her, and very soon after that, I met this lovely woman uh, who, who helps me be my true self, who has led me into greater life. And that's been true for 20 years, because this week is our 20-year anniversary. <laughs> say next. All right. Um, <laughs> got a little lost, but we're looking at a proverb. The, the points of these stories is that uh, we're looking at a proverb that speaks to the rewards 
of receiving correction, instruction, and it's a warning to the dangers of resisting rebukes. There's a warning there. So the proverb we're looking at, it's from the beginning of our Old Testament, reading all those proverbs. We're just looking, thankfully, at one of those proverbs, the very first one, chapter 10, verse 17. A typical translation is something like, whoever heeds instruction is on the road to life, but whoever refuses rebuke leads astray. We've been in this series of Uh, this series on the book of Proverbs, a book about wisdom, the art of living well. And we've learned about these two cosmic characters in the book, Lady Wisdom, as she's been called, who represents God's wisdom, and Madame Fatale, who represents folly. And these voices, as we talked about, can be heard everywhere, in your home, in your own family, out in the marketplace, wherever you go outside the home. And our job is to learn how to discern these voices going on in the spaces we inhabit. With the book of Proverbs, with the the whole of Scripture, learning how to discern these in order to resist the temptations of Madame Fatale and in order to follow the instruction of Lady Wisdom. And what we're doing this morning is we're focusing on one of the the rewarding distinctions of the voice of Lady Wisdom. How Lady Wisdom's voice instructs and corrects us. And how she does that always to lead us into greater life, into greater living. Whoever heeds instruction from wisdom is on the path to life. Instruction in Proverbs, the word, the Hebrew word for that, is a broad word, and it includes things like teaching and guidance. But it also includes correction and rebuke, the more unpleasant part of instruction. So, for example, Proverbs 6.23 says this, The commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the rebukes of instruction are the way to life. That's what our proverb focuses in on. Instruction and correction, that's a theme, a thread that is woven throughout the book of Proverbs. Like a lot of themes, it comes up every several chapters, and that's just a typical teaching technique. You've got to come back to something again and again from a slightly different angle in order for it to stick, in order for it to become part of you. And today we're going to be looking and focusing on the correction, the rebuke of that instruction and the reward of doing that. But before we go further, another note on the translation. So many translations say whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life. But as Old Testament scholar Bruce Waltke, who has spent decades poring over these proverbs and translating them and living them. Uh, He notes that the word on isn't there in the Hebrew. Translators have put it in there just to try to make sense of the proverb because it seems a little strong to say you become a path to life as a human. Um, But the more accurate literal translation is whoever heeds instruction is a path to life. 
So the idea is that the choices we make never are just our choices. They don't just affect us. They always influence, inspire other people to do what we do. So you notice this, I always notice this, you probably notice this, at a traffic light, if you're walking up to a traffic light and it's red, it's instructing you to stop, or you're driving your bike up there and there's a big, big long of bikes, if the first person there really stops, they inspire the rest of the people to stop. And especially if they have a strong presence and they're looking around like they're in charge. But as soon as you, or not like you would ever do this, but somebody else from the line comes out and decides to go against the red, what happens? Suddenly a bunch of people are emboldened to go and do the same thing. And they're just like, oh, I can do that too. And now there's like half the line is gone in running the red. Because as John Donne has said, no man is an island. All of us influence people in what we choose, in what we do. <clears throat> and so that's, that goes to here as well. Those who heed instruction, they become a way, a path to life for others to follow. And those who refuse rebuke become a way to wander off that path. That's what's being highlighted here. Now, we're going to get into some of the rewards, the reward of, of receiving this rebuke. But before we do that, just to talk about some of the barriers we have to receiving correction. Uh, we noticed that, Labrie, when we gave lectures on a topic, if you didn't address the barriers to faith or the barriers to a certain life-giving practice, people don't listen. They're awesome, or they already have the, the barriers in their mind that have written off everything else you're going to say. <laughs> so we, it's good to start with the barriers. What keeps us from doing this practice, this life-giving practice of receiving, embracing correction. Well, one of the things that keeps us from receiving correction is an irritating source of that rebuke, of that correction. So it's the opposite of what we call in our marriage the big hero sandwich. So the big hero sandwich is, all right, in the middle is the critique, the salami, let's call it. The salami of critique. On the outside is the delicious bread, the bread of encouragement. So you start with that. You say, oh man, I'm for you. I affirm this about you. And then you get to the critique, the salami. But you might want to think about this. But the bread comes back, but I love you, I affirm you, and you know, you're not being false. Hopefully you are being true, but it's a sandwich, you know. <clears throat> well, sometimes when people offer you a critique, there's no bread of encouragement. There's just a slap of salami to the face. <laughs> and that's irritating. That's hard to receive. It's hard to receive a critique in that form. It's hard to receive a critique from someone we're in an argument with and admit anything they have to say is right. <clears throat> and see, yeah, I find this actually with the critics of Christianity. It's really hard for those who are attacking the, the foundations of your faith to listen to them and to hear any legit critique they may have, but actually over time I have found the critics of the faith know right where we need to work on something. <laughs> They're the people sometimes we actually need to listen to. Sometimes I think God is speaking to us, Jesus is speaking to us through the critics of the faith. If we have the humility to listen. But yeah, it doesn't always feel good. Even if you get a big hero sandwich, <laughs> it doesn't always feel good to get that correction, and there's ways we have of distracting ourselves from being corrected. 
from all kinds of things that are unpleasant. I read a book over the break called 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals. And maybe you figured out what it means. 4,000 weeks is the average lifespan of a human being. Most people think it's way more than that. But it's a book basically about how to gain a heart of wisdom, how to number your days, as the psalm says, how to number your weeks in order to gain a heart of wisdom, in order to focus on what matters most in your life. It's, a, it's been a great book just to kind of reevaluate my life with. What am I doing? What am I getting distracted with? And there's this big di- discussion he has on, dis- on distraction and how it's not just that we happen to get distracted. We want to be distracted. We want to be distracted even from those things that matter most that we said our life was going to be about because there's hard things about addressing those things, pursuing those things. And so we would rather be distracted with too much alcohol or drugs or just daydreaming or overwork. We have ways of distracting ourselves of what matters most because it's unpleasant. Because even if it's a good thing, like being corrected, that's an unpleasant thing. So we find ways to avoid that. And it's uncomfortable for for a number of reasons. For one, it's uncomfortable because we are insecure. We're insecure in our identity. And any correction feels like an attack on that already fragile sense of ourselves. So we would rather avoid that thing that does that. And related to that, of course, it's uncomfortable because of pride. Because it hurts our pride. There's a pain there we have to endure. But remember the Titanic. Overconfidence and dismissing ice warnings led to the unsinkable sinking. Refuse correction and you become the way to wander from the path of life. You can become the way to darkness and death. That's the bigger context of Proverbs. So to know the rewards of correction, you need to overcome, we need to overcome these barriers. We need to resist that desire to be distracted. We need to be willing to enter something uncomfortable, unpleasant. We need to have a solid sense of ourselves to be secure in our identity from God so that when a correction comes, we can say, this does not affect the core of my identity. This does not change the fact that I am made in God's image, that Christ has died for me, that I am a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. No correction can take any of that away. And that's yours already. You don't need to do anything to receive that. And we're going to need to take our titanic pride and replace it with wise humility, which is, of course, a big theme in Proverbs. It was the last proverb of our passage. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with wisdom, or sorry, but wisdom is with the humble. And with all that, we can always remind ourselves of the rewards. It's always good to keep the rewards of a difficult practice in mind. And that's so much of what Proverbs does. It reminds you of why you're doing this difficult thing. It is worth the difficulty. So here's a trivial example, but you can think of this more as a metaphor. 
Think about the constant software updates on your phone. What are these? These are constant corrections based on feedback from what's wrong, what's not as good, what could be improved. That's what's happening. That's why they're smartphones. <laughs> they're open to feedback. They're open to correction. May that be a metaphor every time that you get updates. I need to be like this smartphone <laughs> in that respect. There's a lot of ways we shouldn't be like the smartphone, but you got to find the metaphor. That's what Anna always says. And we're talking about smartphones or iPhones. Consider Steve Jobs, right? How he got fired from the very company he started. But how, at least to some degree, he responded to the feedback, the correction of that firing, the rebuke of that firing. And how he learned to be at least less than a tyrant <laughs> and less of a jerk than he was beforehand. And what did that enable him to do? That enabled him to come back to Apple when they rehired him in 1997 and rescue Apple from financial ruin and become one of the most financially valuable companies on the planet. Embrace correction, feedback, of course, in your vocation, and you'll become a path of life there in some shape or form. But more important than that, embrace the correction of wisdom himself, Jesus of Nazareth, and in him and with him become the way to life. For he is the way. Consider how this played out in the life of the Apostle Paul, who was much more of a jerk than Steve Jobs <laughs> in his formal life. And consider what happened with him on his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, right? That encounter was in large part a correction, a rebuke. He says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He's just not trying to get information with that question. Paul was persecuting Christians, and Jesus is in, in essence saying, what you are doing to my representatives, my witnesses, you are doing to me. And Jesus calls him out on that. Paul hears that. He heeds that. He repents before wisdom. He fulfills what this proverb is about, ultimately. He prior to this, exemplified the last part of Proverbs, the way of wandering from the path of life to become someone who exemplified embracing correction from wisdom. But you can think even more about this, how he, like, he literally violently forced people from the way, who is Jesus, and he led others to do the same thing in that persecution. But then after his Damascus Road correction, he not only lived one of the fullest human lives on the planet that we've seen living in and by the one called wisdom, the way. But his life inspired and his enduring letters have inspired countless others to do the same. Embrace wisdom's correction and become, to, become in him and with him the way to life for others. Remembering that life here is always more than we mean it to be. It's not just 
a heartbeat. It's about a fullness of life, the good life. It's about being rightly related to ourselves and to each other and to culture and to creation and ultimately to God. It's about living our created redemptive purpose in community and in communion with God. Embracing the correction of wisdom leads us and others into that kind of life. And that correction can come through, most of all, it comes through the scriptures. The same scriptures that Paul wrote. Other scriptures, especially the Gospels. But that correction can also come to us through our encounters with other people in our lives. So over the break, I read a book by Anthony Bloom. I had never read anything by him before. Called, this book was called Beginning to Pray. Anthony Bloom, he was the son of a diplomat. He grew up in France after a lot of travels. They land, his family landed there. He became a physician. But then he secretly became a Russian monk, uh, Russian Orthodox monk. And then they didn't have enough priests, so he was called to become a priest, <laughs> and then eventually became a bishop. But he was one of those exceptional Christians who walked in the spirit of Christ like few do on the planet. And his book has had a profound influence on me. I've, I've read it twice over the break. It's not a big book. I don't like the last chapter. It's, it's about Mary, and I, I just, I'm too Protestant for <laughs> the orthodox views on Mary. But the rest of the book it's more about them beginning to pray, I'll tell you that. <laughs> if you never prayed, it, it starts you there, but it, there's plenty to grow in. But I could, I could spend a lot of time just talking about this book. But one of the things he talks about, he, he encourages his readers to do, is when you go out and meet with people, and you really want to be intentional about this meeting and make it a meeting, meeting that counts, consider the ways you might be called to represent Christ to this person, whether that's in humility and generosity, forgiveness, or consider what you might be needing to receive from Christ through this person. Always being ready to discern what's going on here. Is this, is I, am I meant to be more representing here, or am I meant to be more receiving here? Don't just always assume one or the other. But as it relates to our topic, come into a meeting and discern what might, what correction might I be receiving, need to be receiving from Jesus through this person in order to help me become more like Jesus, the way. So as we encounter people in our home, in our office, at school, wherever. And whether they give us a big hero sandwich or a salami slap in the face, just to pause, let that discomfort come and go, and then ask, Jesus, is there a correction here from you to me through this person that I need to grow into more life, to be more of the path of life, to blaze more for your way that you are. 
embrace his correction and become a path to life. Refuse his correction and become the way to wander from that path. Amen.